Welcome back to My Mother's Daughter Podcast, where we choose to focus on the controllables, jump off the hamster wheel of grief, and take steps to honoring our loved ones by living a life filled with gratitude, joy, and abundance. It's time to get stubborn about what we want and choose to lean into who we were meant to be while drinking too much caffeine, owning way more workout pants than we'd like to admit, and dreading that nightly dinner talk almost as much as waking up early. You feel me, sister? I'm Angel McElhaney, motherless daughter, positive psychology junkie, and not-so-master juggler of my crazy crew, and I believe that you can heal and find happiness after loss. So grab that coffee, put down that to-do list, and let's get to work, one day at a time, together. Let's get started with today's show. Hey guys, so this is a topic that I have needed to reflect back on several times during my health journey. So as some of you don't know, I've actually lost 80 pounds and then I have a baby and then I gain a bajillion pounds because I'm super sad because I miss my mom and she's the person I did health with and all that. And then I decide that I am my mother's daughter, so I'm going to get stubborn about this. And so then I get focused and I follow these strategies to get my emotional eating under control. So today we're going to be talking about five steps to overcome emotional eating. The first one that I would like to tell you is identify why you eat. So I don't know if everyone knows this, but you also need to think about emotional eating as not eating. It's not always that you are binge eating or eating a ton of sugar or comfort foods. It's also not eating at all. So after I lost my mom at first, I actually didn't eat. I found myself skipping meals. I forgot to eat. And that's also not healthy. So the idea of this is to get a a hold of your emotions, to deal with them in a productive way so that you can just have that control and then also just be healthy. Okay, so for that step one, we're going to be thinking about are you hungry? Are you bored? Are you emotional? Are you eating out of habit or routine? Is everyone else eating? And maybe you feel like, Why not? Is it a social thing? In order to really get a handle on this, I'd like you to keep a food journal. So I know a lot of people use different apps and things, but if you can get pen to paper, at least with a couple things in that very beginning stages or when you're feeling like something like this is taking over, you can kind of journal why you ate, when you ate, what you were feeling or doing or thinking, and this can kind of help you to be more aware. We really are just trying to gain that self-awareness. And then there's also something you can kind of think about, which is to halt, H-A-L-T, Are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? All right, now our step two is to identify what foods tend to be your downfall. So for me, this is sugar. My mom used to say, slay the sugar dragon, and we would try to get gazelle super focused on cutting sugar out because that would help to make your mood even more even. For me, I know that when I have sugar, I have these peaks and valleys of energy and my mood swings very drastically and it just gets crazy. So what foods are your downfall? And then you need to get them out of your house. And my husband's the worst for this. And if he's listening to this, (laughs) honey, I'm sorry, but you are. He will bring things into the house that are quote unquote for the kids 
well, let me just say that whenever I'm emotional eating, I will take the kid's junk because that's, it's there, you know? So you want to get it out of your house. And if you plan it and you want it, then you'll have the time to think before you go and get it and buy it a pr- appropriate portion. Or you can make sure that you don't go too overboard, or at least that you actually really, really want it, I guess. All right, so then step three is to identify your triggers. So this week has been a little bit of a challenge because my sister had her baby that I mentioned in episode three, and what that meant for us is that I was having this excitement and this joy that my mom wasn't there to be a part of. Her presence was very missed, so there's those emotions to have to deal with. And then with baby Elijah, he did have to be under the lights for the Billy Rubin lights, um, which brings back motions that I had for after Thea. We actually had to be in the hospital for Thea from all the way to from like Wednesday to Sunday. Super emotional. I was kind of a mess. And just that back and forth, no sleep and all that. So it kind of brought back those emotions. And then there is, remember, I'm an Enneagram 8. So that means we like to protect people and we like control. And that is a situation that we can't control. So then I might be more likely to go through a drive-thru or eat absolute junk. Something also to think about when thinking about triggers apart from food cravings is actually also feelings, emotions, people around you, time of day. You can either decide that if you need to avoid those situations or plan ahead. I know also for me, whenever, like let's think about Christmas. I'm usually, if there's a holiday, I'm actually knowing and expecting to miss my mom a lot on the actual day. So I've noticed that before the holiday and after, I'm more emotional than the actual day. So I don't know if that's something that is common with everyone else, but for me, I'm usually fine on the actual day. It's because I've already kind of, I feel like I've built up to where I know that I'm going to have to be strong that day or something. I don't really understand why, but the times building up to it or after I'm more of just not in control or I'm emotional or I'm more likely to be um, a little like angry. I've noticed that with my Enneagram 8, I respond to stress through anger. So I'll notice that I might be more snappy or something like that. So definitely knowing these triggers is very helpful, or at least it has been for me. Step four, find better ways to manage your emotions. So after my mom passed away, I know that my sister and I, we actually started doing boxing. We went to title boxing and that helped for us for quite a while. It was kind of nice to punch something, but for you that may show us something else. Maybe you like to craft. I know that also another thing that worked for me is that I would get kind of in this flow state when I would do a project. So if I would have like this emotional day or something like that, then I would do a project or maybe redo a room that I've been wanting to kind of make more purposeful. Or what also I found is that helping other people. So especially in the aspect of health, I found that since I did that with my mom, that helping other people, in other words, us doing it kind of together right next to each other, kind of at the same point, was also really valuable. And that is actually why right now, because this week has been hard, instead of 
just chalking it up to I suck and I can't not eat junk. Instead, I am going to, as my mom said, slay the sugar dragon. We're going to get back onto keto, which is what I find has been amazing for my husband and I. And I'm also going to be doing a Biggest Loser competition for people that want to get healthy too. So basically for me, I found that if you can kind of help other people to do something too, then that will kind of help you to show up in a better way because you don't always do it for yourself, but you will show up for others. And also knowing about my Enneagram 8, I've noticed that I will act in a more helpful way when I am healthy, like kind of a two. Some other ideas for you to do are to do something fun. Maybe you could find something on your calendar that you're actually going to be looking forward to. That will also help you to really be more in the future and not in the past. If it is an emotion that's drawing up from your mom not being there or something like that. Another thing you could do is connect with loved ones. Retail therapy, maybe not too much for that. Um, Go on a walk. Green space helps a ton. And there's things like massage, you could read or write. Going to therapy is huge too. And it's super helpful for you to talk to somebody. You could create or build something as I mentioned before. But ultimately, if hunger isn't the problem, then food isn't the solution. Let me repeat that again. If hunger isn't the problem, then food isn't the solution. So after you eat that or not eat that for a while, if it's the other way, it's not going to make your feelings go away. You're not really dealing with them. All right, and my step five is learn to tolerate discomfort. And this is one that I think might be the hardest for me because delay gratification is hard. So that is where you might need to start with maybe taking 15 minutes and kind of making a deal with yourself. Like, okay, I'm missing my mom. I'm super sad. I'm worried about my sister. I'm not getting good sleep. The baby has started to wake up at 5 a.m., which is not cool. And then you kind of can make a deal with yourself. So maybe you decide that if I still want this in 15 minutes, then I can have it. Or if I go work out, then I can have it. Or whatever that could look like for you. The idea here is for you to really think about, is this emotional hunger or physical hunger? Essentially, is it your belly or your head that is making you have this craving or desire to maybe cheat on your meal plan or to self-soothe with food? I know that sometimes little things like this, little slip-ups, can seem so pointless when you're hurting or you're having, having a big emotion. But the thing is, is all those little things sum up to your health. And so it's really important for us to get a hold on that because I don't know about you, but I don't want my kids to feel like I feel. And I know that sounds super dark and super just sad, but I don't want them to lose me earlier. And so I need to get a handle on this. So do something big. I know that I am an abstainer and I will actually try to do a podcast on that too, the different ways that you're motivated. But for me, I 
work better when I abstain totally from it. So I need to slay the sugar dragon. And if you guys want me to do an episode on how I go about doing that or some tips on keto, definitely let me know over on Instagram stories or in my DMs and we can help each other get through this one day at a time together. Hey mama, before you go, if you learned something new or found this helpful, can you stop by and leave me a review? It means so much to me to know how you guys are liking the show. And then also, if you could screenshot and share it in your Instagram stories, tag me so I can see it and I will share it in mine too. At angel.mcelhaney. All right, well, until next time, I just want to remind you that you are your mother's daughter and that you are strong and you are capable and you are maybe a little stubborn, but you are amazing and you can do anything you put your mind to. So decide what that is and let yourself have it. Until next time, wishing you joy and abundance, Angel.